Hey there, Cowboys Nation. Welcome back to Inside the Cowboys. My name is John Williams. I am your host for this episode. We are going to look at the defensive holes that the Dallas Cowboys will need to fill on their depth chart uh, this offseason. Uh, we, a few weeks ago, we took a look at the offensive depth chart and, and the, the places that the Dallas Cowboys have to would have to replace. And there are a few areas that, that they're going to actually have to look to find uh, replacements for departing free agents. But uh, Unlike the offensive side of the football, the defensive side is littered with holes that the Dallas Cowboys will need to address this offseason in order to put together a team that's capable of contending in 2020. Uh, so let's get into it and let's look at the defensive tackle position. Departing in free agency are Malik Collins, who played 70% of your defensive snaps in 2019. He was the defensive tackle that played the most snaps last year, uh, Who you know, and it's it's possible that the Dallas Cowboys will bring him back for another season, but given how kind of up and down his career with the Cowboys were or was, and the new coaching staff that's coming in, they may decide that they want to kind of retool their defensive line a little bit and try and find players that are going to fit more of what Jim Thompson and Mike Nolan want to do, uh, which is kind of up for debate. We don't know really what, Mike Nolan's defensive philosophy is going to be. He has been mostly a 3-4 coach, but he's used a lot of 4-3 principles as well. Um, but what we do know is that he wants it to be an attacking, an aggressive group or you know, defense, uh, not just from the defensive line, but at every level of the defense. And so he could look to find someone, you know, find some players that fit more of what he's looking for in a de defensive tackle. Uh, Michael Bennett, who was a defensive end by name, also played a lot of defensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys in passing situations. He's going to be gone in free agency, probably. I don't imagine the Dallas Cowboys will bring him back just because, you know, he, he'll cost a little bit more than what they'd be willing to pay for a 35-year-old, 36-year-old. Uh, but, I mean, he was an effective player for the Dallas Cowboys. It was an excellent trade that the Dallas Cowboys made to acquire him. Uh, it just didn't work out for him and the Dallas Cowboys to actually – you know, use that trade to push them to the playoffs. They just had so many other things that didn't go well for them in the 2019 season. Um, but it wasn't because Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett was actually an excellent addition, both as a locker room guy and a player on the field. Um, and then you have Antoine Woods, who was the second leading snap getter um, for the Dallas Cowboys, playing the one technique defensive tackle position. He's a restricted free agent. I imagine that they'll bring him back uh, because of the the depth of the defensive tackle group this offseason, I don't imagine that uh, if the, the Dallas Cowboys were to place a tender on him, that anybody would look to sign him away because there's opportunities to find some really good one techniques in the free agency class. And the Dallas Cowboys could be one of those teams that decides, you know, hey, we're going to move on from Antoine Woods. He's been a good player for us, but we think we can find an upgrade in the free agency pool. Um, and I and even if they do bring Antoine Woods back, I believe that there are areas where the Dallas Cowboys could um, supplement that or find somebody who can be a starter to upgrade that position, you know, making Antoine Woods actually a backup for the Dallas Cowboys. And if you have, you know, a, a starting level one technique or somebody who's a little bit better than Antoine Woods and he's your second deep one technique off the bench, that's a really good combination there that you could have. Uh, but, you know, the, the defensive tackle group, like I said, is really, really good, uh, not only in free agency, but also in the draft is pretty deep. And so I imagine that the Dallas Cowboys will look to add at least one more one technique 
um, in addition to potentially bringing back Antoine Woods uh, this offseason. You know, looking at the defensive end position, uh, this one is the one that's going to be really, really interesting for the Cowboys. You know, they've got Robert Quinn, who's coming a free agent, and that was such a huge trade for them last offseason. You know, they sent a six-round pick to the Miami Dolphins to bring Robert Quinn in, and he had 11 and a half sacks for him, uh, one of the best years of his career. And you know, he's going to be up for a pretty big payday, and I, I imagine that he'll get that. Um, you know, there's a lot of conversation right now that the Dallas Cowboys are hoping to bring him back and that they're trying to make a decision between or that they've made a decision between him and Byron Jones as to which one they would bring back and it sounds like Robert Quinn's going to be the guy uh, of course everything's going to come down to the price point and will he and the Dallas Cowboys be able to come to an agreement that, that fits both parties you know the Dallas Cowboys have a lot of contracts that they're trying to juggle right now and get signed with Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper Robert Quinn, potentially Byron Jones, and that's just the big name free agents. They got a lot of lower level, kind of mid tier to lower tier free agents that they'll want to bring back. Um, but Robert Quinn is definitely one of the kind of top priorities. Uh, again, you know, we're talking about, talking about the defensive end group, and you have to talk about Michael Bennett. I know he played a lot of defensive tackle, but he also played a lot of defensive end for you. Um, and you know, if if you don't bring back Robert Quinn or Michael Bennett, then you're going to have a huge hole at defensive end, especially on the right side of the defense. Uh, you know, yes, you have Demarcus Lawrence on the left side, but and, and we've got Dorrance Armstrong who shows some flashes every once in a while, but I don't think that they're at a point where they're ready to rely upon him full time as the right defensive end. You know, he's he's been a good player in kind of on certain snaps, but again, it's not been consistent enough for him to earn. You know more than just you know a small amount of the snap share. Uh, you know, and then you know Tyrone Crawford, who's been kind of like Michael Bennett as well, who's played a lot of defensive tackle and defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys, is is a player that could be a cap casualty this offseason. You know, he's set to count a little more than nine million dollars against the cap, and the Dallas Cowboys can save a little more than eight million dollars uh, on the cap and only have about a million, a million and a half in dead money. That's a huge amount of savings, and that's you know the amount you could put that money to bringing back Robert Quinn or bringing back Byron Jones or upgrading your defensive tackle spot. And so it's going to be interesting to see what the Dallas Cowboys decide to do with that. It's you know uh, I think it was Calvin Watkins who reported that Tyrone Crawford was open to uh, a salary reduction, and so if the Dallas Cowboys could talk him into taking you know five million less, six seven million less and plan on a much reduced contract to stay with the Dallas Cowboys, I think that'd be a huge win for the Dallas Cowboys as an organization and against their cap because it's it's a win-win really because they get to keep Tyrone Crawford, who's such a, a strong presence in the locker room. He's a leader along the de- defensive line, and he provides some p- position flexibility for you. So you know Mike Nolan is wanting to you know have a multiple defense, which means he wants to be able to line up in a variety of fronts, both three and four-man fronts, um, some odd and even looks, uh, multiple linebacker groups, um, and, and not necessarily give away what they're trying to do based on the front that they're in. And so Tyrone Crawford is one of those guys that you can line up as a 3-4 a defensive end, a 4-3 defensive end, or a 4-3-3 technique. And so that and that's really valuable uh, position flexibility. I, I know we, we get tired of hearing about position flexibility, uh, but if you're, if you're having a guy as your – 
you know, third defensive tackle, third defensive end. It, it helps to have one guy who can play both of those roles as opposed to having to have, you know, two guys be a backup defensive end and a backup, and then another guy be the backup defensive tackle and the three technique. And so I, I'd imagine they're going to look for a way to keep Tyrone Crawford in the building, again, because he is such a valued leader and a valued part of that locker room. I know there's been a lot of turnover, and, and we're all kind of seeking change but I think with a new coaching regime, it does matter to have some kind of continuity year to year. And especially for those guys that are your leaders on the team, having some continuity from one coaching regime regime to the next and having players that were in the previous coaching regime uh, on the current one that are buying in and have bought into what the new coach is selling. It helps to, to make that sales pitch a little bit easier to the rest of the guys when Tyrone Crawford, Demarcus Lawrence are coming in and saying, yeah, we believe in Jim Thompson, we believe in Mike Nolan. We're going to follow these guys. We're going to bust our tail for these guys. It sets a message for the rest of the defense, the rest of the defensive line that, that if these guys are bought in, then everybody else should buy in as well. Um, so I imagine that they'll find a way to bring back Tyrone Crawford. And let's take a quick look at the, the cornerback group. Cause this is also just another fascinating storyline to follow because Byron Jones Obviously, the big name out of that group is a, is a pending free agent. There's been a lot of debate about what the Dallas Cowboys should do. Um, there's been speculation about the, what the Cowboys will do. Um, it doesn't sound like Mike Tomlin um, is all too eager on bringing back Byron Jones based on some comments he made about you know the importance of having cornerbacks that can uh, create turnovers and, and intercept the ball, um, talking about something that Troy Aikman said about not being afraid to throw to the side of the field where a cornerback isn't going to intercept the ball because he doesn't have to worry about it getting picked. Well, you know, as much as I hate to say it, Byron Jones doesn't create interceptions. Um, even though he's one of the best co- cover corners in the NFL, you know, there's more to covering wide receivers than picking the ball off. But it seems like the Dallas Cowboys new coaching staff is kind of holding that against him. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Byron Jones head into free agency and land a a big, big contract. Um, It it may not be market setting. It may not be the $16 million that we're hearing reported, uh, but it's going to be, you know, a 14, $15 million a year deal if he's able to get to free agency because he's that good of a cornerback. He's going to be a player that teams value across the league. Uh, And and he's going to have multiple suitors. Any team that's looking for a corner is going to look at this guy because one, he's durable Two. He's the right kind of guy. Hate to use Jason Garrett lingo for all you non-Jason Garrett fans, uh, but he is. He's he's the guy that's going to work hard. He's going to do his job. You know, he's not super flashy. He doesn't talk a lot. He just shows up, does his job, goes home. And you know, there's something to be said for having a guy that just does his job and does it at a very high level. And that's Byron Jones. Again, he's not flashy. He's not going to be out there talking like a Darrell Revis or. Josh Norman is prime or Richard Sherman, but he's just going to go out there quietly do his work and, you know, go home. Um, the next corner that we need to talk about is going to be, uh, is Anthony Brown. And it's important to talk about it because there may be a place for him. If the Dallas Cowboys decide not to bring back Byron Jones. Now, Anthony Brown has been kind of an up and down player in his career with the Dallas Cowboys since being drafted in the sixth round of the 2016 NFL draft. Uh, you know, it's like he's alternated good years, bad year, good year, you know, bad year, or good year, average year, good year, average year. Um, and, and 2019 was kind of a good year. 
at times, but he he's, he dealt with a little bit of injury issues uh, from time to time. But again, he's he's a, another one of those players that's a solid player that can play in the slot. He can play outside for you. And if you do bring him back, then you have a pretty solid group of corners between Chidobia Wuzier, Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, which doesn't necessarily um, prohibit you from drafting a cornerback in the 2020 draft because you've got Jordan Lewis, Chidobia Wuzier set to hit free agency next offseason. And so the Dallas Cowboys, regardless of what they do in free agency this year with Byron Jones and Anthony Brown, they'll have to address cornerback in the draft at some point and start preparing for the potential that Jordan Lewis and Shinobi Wuzier are out the door next offseason. And so bringing back Anthony Brown kind of puts you in a position to uh, mitigate that loss a little bit next offseason because then you're not having to try and um, completely retool um, your your quarterback group. You just have to find you, you have to draft this year, draft that next year, and then find some solid free agents or draft this year, draft next year, and retain Jordan Lewis or retain Chidobia Wuzier if he takes a step up. Uh, and so I think, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are in a decent position because they can either bring back Byron Jones or they can decide, you know what, we're going to stick with Anthony Brown. He's a much, he's a less expensive option. Um, he's a solid player for us, has some slot outside flexibility for us. Uh, but again, it's, it's going to come down to what do they, what do they want to do? Cause they can bring back Byron Jones despite what everybody says that, um, you know, his money's going to, you know, price him out. It's just a matter of want. you know, if the Dallas Cowboys want to bring back Byron Jones, they will, you know, just back, like you look back to maybe DeMarco Murray, they could have brought back DeMarco Murray, but they didn't want to based on the amount of information that's out there about aging running backs and what they do after they hit that age 27 plateau, you know, they, they tend to fall off and, some of DeMarco Murray's drop-off could be due to age, but it was also due to being in a Chip Kelly system that just did not fit what he does well as a runner. Had he stayed in Dallas, I imagine he would have continued to be very productive for two to three more seasons because we saw when he got into Tennessee and back into a power run game, he was, again, a very effective runner. Uh, so I imagine that you know the Dallas Cowboys are looking at Byron Jones and they think, oh, he is still a really good player. Um, and again, for people who are fans of the team, people who analyze the team, it's it's not about whether the Dallas Cowboys want to bring back Byron Jones, because they can. Or sorry, it is about whether the Dallas Cowboys want to bring back Byron Jones, because they can. It's they can make a way, they can figure it out. There's there's some flexibility in some of the contracts that they have currently where they can restructure and make a way for Byron Jones to come back. Uh and then the other cornerback that we need to talk about is C.J. Goodwin. I know he's kind of a lower guy on the depth chart, uh, but he's he's an important piece because he's such a good special teams player for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the special teams wasn't great, but I don't know if we can equate that to C.J. Goodwin. He's he's a solid player. The Dallas Cowboys could use him again if they decide to bring him back on a you know one or two year deal to have that uh, special teams continuity have a guy who's a solid special teams contributor. But again, he's not somebody that you're going to want to rely upon um, in the cornerback group. Let's quickly look at the safeties. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to do some work here because their starting safety, Jeff Heath, is said to be a free agent. Um, and 
earlier this week over on InsideTheStar.com, I argued that the Dallas Cowboys should actually look to bring back Jeff Heath because he's been a solid player for him for them. Uh, he's a reliable player. He's a really good special teams contributor, and his role really would be kind of best. He'd be best served as the third safety on the Dallas Cowboys. You know, obviously he gets a little overexposed if you have him as a starter or you're starting strong safety. But if you have him as a third safety that can rotate and fill in for an Xavier Woods or, you know, whoever the next starting safety is for the Dallas Cowboys and have him as a special teams player, I think he's really good. And we, we talk a lot about his 2018 and how he missed a lot of tackles and I think led the league in, in missed tackles. Uh, but then we, we don't hear a whole lot of people talking about how in 2019 he was first in the NFL and pro football focuses tackle efficiency. We don't talk about that. We just want to talk about all the negative things that happened with Jeff Heath on the field. And yeah, he's a, he's a limited player, but he also does a lot of really good things for you as well. Uh, the other safety we need to talk about is Darian Thompson. Uh, he played some significant snaps for, snaps for the Dallas Cowboys in uh, 2019, but he didn't really show a ton. Um, you know, he had an opportunity to really take hold of that safety position, but when Jeff Heath got back, they went straight back to Jeff Heath. You know, he did some solid things, some nice things at times, but um, was also exposed a little bit when he got too many got too many snaps on defense. Um, I, th I think the Dallas Cowboys, in free agency and in the draft, are going to have an opportunity to address the safety position. Whether they choose to do so, who knows? They've had opportunities in, in drafts in the past, just as recently as last year. Uh, they, they've had opportunities every free agency, whether it was Earl Thomas or Teron Matthew or uh, Trey Boston. Uh, you know, over I feel like we've been talking about Trey Boston as a potential Dallas Cowboy free agent target since 2017. So it's this is the third offseason in a row or fourth offseason in a row that we're talking about Trey Boston. Well, at some point, Either I need to quit talking about Trey Boston or they just need to listen and sign him because all he continues to do is just make plays. Uh, you know, and they, they talked about him as a, as a free safety only uh, a couple of years ago, but I don't think that that should prevent them from from signing a guy like that because, you know, Xavier Woods has been a good player, but you need two guys that can, that can cover in this league. And if you have two guys that can cover and potentially be effective in, in the, in the run game as well. I mean, I don't think you necessarily need to have a guy that's a strong safety type only. I think you need to have two guys that can both fill that role on occasion when needed, but they also need to be able to cover because you can't have a guy that's not able to cover in the national football league. And you can't invest in a second safety if they're not able to do both, if they're not able, able to play the run or cover. Uh, you know, we can talk about free agent options here in a little bit, but I think for the Dallas Cowboys, they, they need to address the safety position moving forward. Xavier Woods is a good player. They need to find another good player to put next to him because the, the, the Dallas Cowboys have been limited somewhat because of their reluctance to get aggressive in the safety market. Uh, hey, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back after. You're listening to Inside the Cowboys. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Inside the Cowboys. Again, my name is John Williams. Make sure you go to Twitter and follow me there at John9Williams. Go to InsideTheStar.com. You can follow me. You can read my work over there. Uh, in this segment of Inside the Cowboys, we're going to do a quick little three-round mock draft. I've already had the uh, mock draft machine over at TheDraftNetwork.com doing the work for us. And sitting there at pick number 17, 
it kind of worked out pretty well. Unfortunately, Javon Kinlaw did not make it. He went number 14 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, my guy, C.D. Lamb, went number 15 to the Denver Broncos. And then you know your, your other kind of big name player that has been mocked to the Dallas Cowboys a little bit, Clavion Chasen, the edge player out of LSU, went number 16 to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and so that leaves us sitting looking pretty good at number 17 because, oh, Henry Ruggs III from Alabama, the speedster, is there and he is available to us. The other kind of op- other options that a lot of people have been mocking to the Dallas Cowboys are Xavier McKinney, also out of Alabama, the safety. And you also have Grant Delpit out of LSU, the safety. And while those players, you know, a lot of people really like those players. Um, and I think Xavier McKinney makes a little bit more sense for me than Grant Delpit does, uh, just simply based on tackling ability. I think, you know, Grant Delpit obviously is a little bit better player in coverage, um, but you also got to be able to tackle in the NFL. It doesn't matter how good of a cover player you are as a safety if you can't if you can't tackle. And you know people will want to make excuses for Delpit that he had some injury issues in 2019. But I, in watching some 2018 games and 2019 games, he looks like the same player as a tackler. Uh, and so if I were going to take a safety at this spot. Um, it would be Xavier McKinney, although I'm a bigger fan of Antoine Winfield, and I know some people have Antoine Winfield as more of a second-round player, mostly due to his size. He's he's my favorite safety. Um, but in this spot, I think the best value that you're going to get and the best player that you're going to get here is Henry Ruggs III. Uh, Benjamin Albright, who does some work for the you know covering the NFL, he's got Henry Ruggs III as his top wide receiver over Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. There's some speculation that Henry Ruggs is going to break Chris or uh, John Ross's 40 time, and he's going to run in the low four twos, and it's just really, really hard to pass on that speed. I mean, you know, we look at Marquise Brown and Tyree Kill and the effect that they have on the game just because of their speed. And the Dallas Cowboys, while Amari Cooper is fast and Michael Gallup can win downfield, they don't have anybody that can that can just blow by people and completely, you know, stretch defenses. As, as they can. And so we ran the, the mock draft, and oh, so sad. My guy, Antoine Winfield, went number 46 um, to the Denver, Denver Broncos. And for me, personally, if he were to fall to that position, um, I would be absolutely up for a trade-up if I was able to trade to the mid-40s and select him because I think he's that good of a player. I think, um, honestly, if the Dallas Cowboys didn't like anybody sitting on their board at number 17 and they wanted to do something similar to what they did when they drafted Travis Frederick uh, back in 2013 where they traded back to the end of the first round and then selected Frederick, I'd be all about that because I think Antoine Winfield Jr. is a really, really good player. Um, I know people are going to knock him because of his size. I think he's only like 5'10", 5'11", but he's a, he's a stocky 5'10", 5'11". Um, the way he just reads defense or reads the offense and he and he plays is just really really exciting to me. Um, but here we are sitting at number fifty one, and I'll quit lamenting over Antoine Winfield Jr. being gone. And we're looking at uh, Zach Bond, uh, an edge rusher. Uh, I think a lot of people um, see him as a, a multiple front kind of a linebacker. He can either play some off ball linebacker for you or some weak side three four uh, outside linebacker. Uh, he's a he's a guy that's got good pass rushing ability. 
also sitting there are Cameron Dantzler, cornerback out of Mississippi State, Curtis Weaver, another edge player out of Boise State, and then two safeties that people are really high on, Ashton Davis and Kyle Duggar. Um, you know, this is this is a really tough choice because I think there's a lot of a, a lot of directions that you could go here. Uh, going wide receiver in the first round definitely complicates your decision making here, um, but I think the cornerback group is is still pretty deep that it allows you to you know wait on a cornerback a little bit if you wanted to. You know, there's there's still players that, that you could develop, and the Dallas Cowboys have had a lot of success finding cornerbacks late in the draft. Um, and so we're going to look primarily at edge and then even at safety. Um, you know, your top two safeties on the board are Ashton Davis and Kyle Duggar. I think Kyle Duggar is, you know, the more kind of well-rounded athletic of the two. Ashton Davis is really athletic, but he's, he's fast. I think he's more of a free. I think Kyle Duggar is similar to Xavier Woods and that he could do a little bit of both. Um, and then you look at the edge players, you got Zach Ball and Curtis Weaver, uh, as two players that you could, theoretically take at this position. Uh, if we look at the interior defensive linemen, you know, there's there's some interesting names, but nothing that I'm really all that excited about. Uh, and so I am gonna go with the safety and we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and up upgrade that secondary because I'm gonna assume that the Dallas Cowboys bring back either Byron Jones or Anthony Brown. And so we're gonna or that I'm able to get a cornerback here either in the third round or the fourth round. And so here we go. We're gonna take Kyle Duggar. And I know I'm making my man Patrick Kahn at, at Pat Sports Guy, or you know him as at Draft Cowboys, a little bit sad for passion, passing on Ashton Davis, but here we are. <laughs> and so, yeah, the mock draft machine is going. It's rolling. And we're at number 82. And, you know, things are, things are looking a little, a little sketchy here. Um, you know, as far as cornerback goes, Meek Robinson's there. Robertson, pardon me. Bryce Hall is there. Uh, Troy Pride Jr., who people think is going to be super fast, is there. Uh, and then if we look at the interior defensive linemen, uh, you got Lecky Fotu, who out of Utah, who's going to be an interesting option for the Dallas Cowboys, and some of that will depend on what they do in free agency. Uh, if you heard the news recently, uh, Snacks Harrison got released by the Detroit Lions, and he's a player that I'd really like the Dallas Cowboys to pursue in free agency uh, if they get an opportunity to. He's been one of the best defensive tackles uh, as a run defender in the last decade. Uh, and yes, he's going to be turning 32 in November, but he's just a really, really good player. And he's the guy that you need to help keep blockers off of Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch so that they can flow to the football. Uh, so yeah, here we are looking at you know defensive tackles. At this position, I'd, I like Leke Fotu. Um, you know, quarterbacks, you got Bryce Hall, Amik Robertson, um, and then you know, the tight end group is pretty interesting here as well. You got Adam Troutman, you got Thaddeus Moss out of LSU that are interesting, but I think you know we can sit and we can wait a little bit on a tight end. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to go here and I want to take uh, Leke Fotu out of Utah as my future one technique, and that is going to wrap up our mock draft. And so to kind of recap, we took Henry Ruggs III at number 17, Kyle Duggar, safety, Lenore Ryan at number 51, and Lucky for two out of Utah at number 82. And, you know, there's no mock draft that's going to be perfect. Um, obviously, I would have preferred if Antoine Winfield would have dropped to 51, but we just missed him. Uh, 
And, you know, again, the draft, a lot of the, what happens in the draft is going to depend on what the Dallas Cowboys do in free agency. So let's talk really quickly about some, you know, free agent options that the Dallas Cowboys could pursue, you know, at defensive tackle. Um, you know, I wrote a piece a few weeks ago, you know, highlighting five defensive tackles that I thought the Dallas Cowboys should take a look at, you know, the first one's Chris Jones. Now, obviously it's going to be very unlikely that the Kansas city chiefs allow him to hit free agency. Uh, if, if anything, they'll use the franchise tag on him to prevent him from hitting free agency. But if he's there, the Dallas Cowboys need to take a run at him. He's the best defensive tackle um, that's going to be available. He's probably only the second. He's probably the second best defensive tackle, next to maybe Aaron Donald. Um, you know, he had 15 and a half sacks in 2018 and, and had a ton of sacks again in 2019. Uh, I don't think you know, he had nine more in 2019. I don't think that you can find a player like that kind of the next best like three technique that you could look into is Jaron Reed. Um, you know, he missed six games in 2019 because of, uh, you know, he violated the personal conduct policy of the NFL. Um, and so he also had surgery to repair a hernia last off season. Um, you know, just a couple years ago, back in 2018, he had 10 and a half sacks for the Seahawks. And so, he's a player that the Dallas Cowboys could potentially get at a discount if people are concerned about either the suspension or the hernia being an issue moving forward, or if they're concerned about his production being kind of a one-year wonder type of thing, the Dallas Cowboys might be able to get him at a discounted rate. Uh, and then you got, you know, Vernon Butler. Uh, Vernon Butler is one of the, you know, the three or the one techs in this class that um, are, you know, provide a, you know, a lot of depth to this, this group. Um, you know, Vernon Butler though, he had six sacks, you know, as a, as a one technique. And that's really, really impressive. Um, it's also very impressive considering he only had, he only played about 40% of the snaps for the Carolina Panthers in 2019. So give, you know, 40% of the snaps, he had six sacks, seven tackles for loss. That's a lot of production from a, from a one technique. Uh, Obviously, if the Carolina Panthers want him, they'll, they'll find a way to keep him. Um, he's going to be a player that a lot of people will have interest in, especially those three, four teams. I think for the Dallas Cowboys, who are looking to have multiple fronts and play with both a three-man a three front and a four-man front, he's a player that could really um, do a lot of damage for you because he can rush the passer a little bit. Now, the next guy, you know, I think that there's two other guys that you should look at. Um, in addition to Vernon Butler, and that's Danny Shelton from the New England Patriots and DJ Reader out of Houston. And, you know, like like Snacks Harrison, Damon Harrison from Detroit, these guys are, you know, pure run stuffers. Um, you know, they're, they're guys that are just going to eat up space. Uh, and if the, the Cowboys do want to play with more three-man fronts, you're going to need a guy like that to eat up space. And even if they don't, even if, even if they play more four-man fronts, you want to have guys that can eat up blocks and prevent offensive linemen from getting to the second level so easily. I mean, that's the issue that we saw the Cowboys run into in the playoff game against the Los Angeles Rams at the end of 2018 was the, the offensive linemen were getting to the second level so fast that Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch didn't have any impact in the run game. Uh, and so find, your, find yourself just a space eater, a guy that's just going to plug up the middle of the, the line and allow your super athletic, super quick linebackers to flow and to make plays without having to contend with offensive linemen on an every down basis. Uh, 
you know, at the at the safety position, again, there's a lot of opportunities for the Dallas Cowboys to upgrade. Now, whether they choose to is going to be the question because again, we've we've had opportunities to upgrade the safety position several times over the last few years, but they've chosen not to. Um, you know, I, I've argued that Jeff Heath they should re-sign Jeff Heath, um, and even if they do, they should still take a run at several or at, at one of these free agent safeties that could be available to them. Uh, you know, the, the biggest name that's going to be available is Anthony Harris of the Minnesota Vikings. And the only way that he's available is if the, the Vikings just find themselves too, uh, uh, too much up against the cap. You know, they they actually don't have any cap space right now. And that's why you saw them release Everson Griffin, um, just the, you know, just this week. Uh, but Anthony Harris, he was one of the best safeties in the NFL. Uh, among safeties, he was first in the NFL in, in interceptions. He was second in tackling efficiency. Uh, and then he was 12th in the league in yards per coverage snap uh, per pro, pro football focus. Uh, you know, And he's got a uh, connection to the Cowboys' re- recently hired uh, special defensive assistant, George Edwards, who was the defensive coordinator for the Vikings. Uh, you know, Again, I want to beat Trey Boston's name into the ground until one day the Dallas Cowboys decide to to sign him as a free agent. You also got you know a few guys that have some connections to um, Cowboys defensive coaches or Cowboys coaches. You got Ha Ha Clinton Dix. He was with the Green Bay Packers and was drafted by Mike McCarthy or by the Mike McCarthy Packers. Um, and then you got Von Bell, the New Orleans Saints, uh, who was there uh, with Mike Nolan. Um, and then one player that the Cowboys have already been linked to is Eric Berry. They brought him in last offseason and took a look at him. And who knows, maybe a year a year later, a year to get healthier, and the Dallas Cowboys are a little more interested in bringing him back. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, they've got options there to, to do something in free agency if they choose to. And then, you know, if you want to look at the wide receiver group, it's it's not a great group of receivers to um, to look into, but it's got some some potential. Like the I think the the one that makes the most sense for the Dallas Cowboys is Robbie Anderson from the New York Jets. I mean, we saw just what he can do when um, when the the Dallas Cowboys played the Jets in 2019 when Sam Darnold hit uh, Robbie Anderson for a 92 yard touchdown and, and just beat Chidobe Wuzie and Jeff Heath deep without really much difficulty. And then just took it to the house. Even though Chidobe Woozy's got really good long speed, he wasn't able to catch Robbie Anderson. Uh, I think uh, he, he, just like we talked about with Henry Ruggs, you know, Robbie Anderson adds a dynamic that you don't have uh, on the Dallas Cowboys. And he's a guy that stretches the field and makes plays down the field. Um, he, you know, he ranked sixth in the NFL in targets beyond 20 yards downfield, and he didn't drop a single pass. Uh, when targeted 20 yards down the field. That's, and that's incredible because every player has, you know, drops every once in a while. Uh, but he doesn't, I think another guy that they can look into is, uh, bring it back. Des Bryant. You know, I, I know that a lot of people are out on, uh, Des Bryant as a free agent, but I think, you know, a couple years off might've created a, um, a, an opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys to reunite and, and bring Des back to, to, Put a star on his helmet and let his career finish with the Dallas Cowboys the way it should. Uh, he's you know one of the the best Cowboys over the last couple decades, and 
Um, you know, he can come into a situation where he could be the the third, fourth option on this team, you know, third or fourth wide receiver, and and be a red zone threat, be a guy that can help you on, you know, pick up first downs, help you over the middle of the field, uh, provide a toughness and a and an edge and um, and a swagger that maybe this wide receiver group is lacking a little bit. You know, Amari Cooper is a great player, but he's a little more understated. He's not really a leader. Uh, Michael Gallup's still a young player. Uh, Randall Cobb is probably the leader of that locker room, um, but you know he he doesn't have the doesn't bring the same edge that maybe Des Bryant does, where he's going to challenge people and, and try to bring out the best in them. Uh, you know, I think under Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, they could find a role for Des that would really really work well. Um, he's you know he's gonna he's gonna grind and he's gonna work hard. Uh, for the Dallas Cowboys if they bring him back. And again, I think there's a, an opportunity to make that work. Um, we'll see what happens, but I, I think that's really where the Dallas Cowboys should go. You know, if we're looking at the tight end position, uh, I think, you know, it's going to be, it needs to either be Eric Ebron or just some depth guys to allow uh, Blake Jarwin to kind of take over as the starting tight end and, and get, you know, 75 to 90% of the snaps. There's still an you know outside chance they bring back Jason Witten to um, to share the role, share the share the load a little bit with with Blake Jarwin. But I think it's time that you know the Dallas Cowboys really see what they've got in Blake Jarwin. And there's no reason to have him on on the feet on the team and then not actually play him uh, because he was your best tight end last year. Even though he's kind of underwhelming in the in the run game as a blocker, he's still one of your better tight ends. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Inside the Cowboys. Again, make sure you go to InsideTheStar.com and read my work over there. Go to Twitter, follow me, at John9Williams. Make sure you rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.